of Fly Nation and welcome to the Freestyle Your Life podcast, the one and only podcast inspiring you to live your authentic greatness while teaching you that less is more. I'm your host, Anesta Kalajimaman, and I'm on my mission to help you to be the hero you were meant to be and to live what you came for in life and in business. Remember, the quest we came here for is to discover our true nature explore our potential and share it by living. Hello Fly Nation, please help me welcome Sandra Bellamy on episode number 26, How to Embrace Your Quirky and Asexuality. Her life is all about asexuality and creating confidence and understanding about this topic. She founded the Asexualize Academy and Quirky Academy to educate others on how to overcome the fear, shame and stigma of this topic on her channels and in her books. So all asexuals can be authentic and live in society happily and share their voice in the world. So this is my contribution to give voice to this topic in bringing Sandra on the Freestyle Your Life podcast. I'm very excited to learn what this means and how to deal with it. Let's listen into it. So, hello listeners. Nice um, to have Sandra Bellamy today with me on the pod. And she's known for her asexual life journey and wants to help others with um, their own asexuality and to feel confident and comfortable. So she she's sharing whatever she learned in her process on her journey. She has uh, four books written and uh, published in um, quirky books. And she will let us know how she came to, um, to our sexuality, what it means and how we can, uh, uh, how we can, um, Yeah, find ourselves in this thing. I already did. I discovered so many things I didn't know. So thanks for that, uh, Sandra. We're going to talk about it, but this is the topic for today. And we both are keen uh, for being authentic. So that's that's our priority. And uh, that's, of course, what the listeners want to hear. So welcome, Sandra, on the pod. And welcome to all our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. I appreciate it a lot. So uh, maybe we just jump into the the, the call, and um, maybe you want to share a bit of the journey. It's a it's a long journey, but maybe you, you can share a bit of uh, of the asexual life journey you had, what you discovered and how all this works. Right, okay. Well, um, my asexuality, I found out as asexual, um, which is basically a sexual orientation that's a lack of sexual attraction. I found out I was that in 2014. Right. So I I went to a counsellor in the UK, because I live in the UK, I went to see a counsellor because... um, I couldn't cope with dating sexual guys anymore for the expectation of sex at the end of the night. Right, 
Right. And it got to the stage where I felt like I was nearly wetting myself when I had a date, which is obviously not a very nice feeling. It's very, made me very anxious, nervous, mm-hmm. but I'm still a hugely romantic person and I love kissing. So um, basically, um, I, I went to see the counsellor and I explained my situation that I love uh, romance and kissing, but I'm really worried because I don't like sex, but I still wanted a romantic relationship. And they said to me, well, you have to have sex in order to keep a good guy. And I was absolutely horrified. I'm like, how can I... I have had sex in the past, but I'm like, I didn't ever look at a guy and think I actually want sex with you. I've always been attracted to guys, never females, but, but I've, I've, I've always liked them romantic. I've never, even though I've had sex in the past, I thought it was because I had to as part of a relationship. And, you know, that was expected of me. And it was something I didn't do that often in comparison to probably quite a lot of people. Um, And so, um, yeah, my ex, my last ex, a long-term ex was quite good at that. But, um, but, you know, it wasn't really my cup of tea. I would have rather have done the washing up and I hate washing up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I have to laugh. Yeah, but Sandra, um, uh, let me just question you. Uh, Maybe it's uh, it's also our uh, menopause that's interfering here, you know? So uh, the the uh, yeah the, the the just having sex with a man is not not our priority anymore, right? So uh, at, at this time of age, my kids, for example, they are nineteen and uh, twenty. So um, I want to be in a relationship with a with a lovely man, caring, and uh, for me, it's it's the friendship. Um, plus the sex, but it's not I'm dating for sex, right? Yeah, but with my me, age today, yeah. so I have uh, I have uh, other values that I that I look for in yeah. in, in my uh, I adore gentlemen, right? I could do everything on my own, but I want to give him the feeling that yeah. he is needed, right? And um, I just love this to be, uh, yeah. His queen, and um, I, I think we as women also can do a lot. Uh, either we push them away if we say we can do anything on our own. What do what do you what do we need a man for, right? And but it, I think it's a it's a different part, and that's what I learned uh, in in preparing for the interview and all all the stuff you're doing. Of course, I have, for example, two. Very old friend, thirty-five years in the past, because we studied together economy a uh, long time ago. So um, there is no sexual interference, nothing. It's just a really uh, heartfelt friendship, and we can uh, discuss things with uh, with partners we have and everything. So this is I, I I love this relationship and I have it with another guy too, um, because what I experience is when love interferes and sex interferes, this sort of relationship just being tough and hard by each other. You know, you can call I can call him at night at two, and even if he has a girlfriend, he I, 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 I'm I'm his. His old girl, you know, I'm, 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 
there's nothing to be jealous and everything. I know all his uh, women he's just about to to marry for the third time, and I know all the girlfriends and all the all the wives and everything, and it's just brilliant. And um, to have this relationship because there is no sex, no love interfering. It's just I have him deep in my heart, and whenever something would happen, he would be there for me. Yeah, I think this is part of what is you are sharing. It's not exactly the same thing. So, so basically, um, after I'd been to the counselor. I googled I love kissing but not sex and I found out about asexuality now asexuality is not a choice so it's not the same as abstinence and celibacy so right. abstinence and celibacy are when someone chooses to abstain from sex for whatever reason uh, but, okay. but but asexuality is a sexual orientation there's a lack of sexual attraction mm-hmm. so people grow up not understanding why people have crushes, not understanding why people want sex, not, they don't feel ever like they want sex with someone, the majority of asexuals. There's no uh, okay. attraction there. They don't look at someone and go, I want sex with them. That they, they, We don't have that feeling. So for me, even though I had sex in the past, it's if the, for the asexuals that do have sex, because a lot of them don't, but for the asexuals do, they do it more to please a partner or just... That's what I thought. Like a board game, you know, yes. they try it out to see if they like it. But I, I didn't know I was asexual then. I know now, looking back, that I've been asexual all my life, but didn't realise it because there was mm-hmm. things going back to when I was six years old that I all didn't right. even like sexual touching or anything like that. All I wanted is the kisses and the cuddles and the, the love. So there's different types of asexuals. I'm a romantic asexual, but there's also aromantic asexuals. So mm-hmm. aromantic asexuals are the ones that, are re- that um, lack romantic attraction and they lack sexual attraction. And those want more platonic friendships. Oh, and okay, okay. With me, I want the kissing, the cuddling, maybe some touching, but I don't want the sexual intercourse. I don't oh. want the sex because I don't get attracted to that. It doesn't do much for me physically. Right, either. I understand. I, I can do, I, I'm still fully capable down there. Mm-hmm, I can still mm-hmm. like explode as in physical fluids, but it doesn't do anything for me. I don't think, oh, this is something I want to experience and do. I don't look at a guy and ever think I want sex with you, ever. Right, right, I understand. So it's a sexual orientation, not a choice, and I have to... uh, Okay, but but as as you're the expert on this field, uh, totally, uh, how I can see your, your academy, your books, your courses, everything you're doing on this field is just great. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad I got to, to know it. Uh, I had to look it up, really. Um, yeah, it's very... Uh, I didn't exact. know uh, exact what it means and what it is and everything, but I'm sure our listeners uh, are curious too. And But um, did you find out how how this is implemented? I mean, you you, you realized that was uh, uh, five years ago. And, and uh, is there a, a, a cause in the childhood or how, how, not, how so, is it? Uh, so asexuality is not a disease. It's not an illness. It's not some, something that's anything caused. It's something that some people naturally are, but you just don't realize it. But the society, right. society conditions us Society conditions us that you can't have love without sex, that you can't have a relationship without sex. That if you're not having sex, you've just got a friendship 
which yeah. simply isn't true in the case of romantic relationships. With asexuality, we separate romance and and sex. We separate right. them. So that you know, you know, sometimes we all of us, right? We took so so many things on in life, and we we went quite a uh, a lot of uh, years and and days now in our in our age. But we take yeah. so many things on from media, from society, from other people, from parents, of course, uh, from friends. That is not ours, right? Me, myself, I'm the, I, I found all this out for myself because I sucked and I had the, uh, so many illness and inflammation going on in my body. I'm, re- I'm, I'm 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 very empathic, so I feel what other people feel, and yeah, me too. <laughs> then, then uh, trying not to uh, to say no and to hurt them. I did everything. I helped everywhere, but I was at a stage of uh, cancer illness. I wasn't just able to do it right, but I still keep running, kept running, and having two uh, two companies, two sons. Um, uh, uh, a, a man, a garden, a house, a dog, or whatever. Wow. I was, I was running in circles. Yeah, I had so much on my daily to-do list. I couldn't cope with it, and I still tried. And as I didn't listen to my soul, me personally, I, uh, I got ill, and it got worse and worse and worse. So I had to find out what is the problem here. I had to sit with my symptoms. I nearly was sitting at a round table in a conference, sort of conference, with all my organs and everything. But this is my, how it related to me. But um, um, how did I come to the, 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 point, to, the, the point to be uh, the, the, the authentic wife? Because it was my own journey, life journey, and the lessons I learned from it. I had to learn them because I was already facing death and, and saw the other side. So this is like you did find out there's something with me I don't like. That that's that sort of of, of a relationship with a man, but I'm still. Uh, I love to hug or whatever, but did you have a, um, you mentioned before, um, there, there, was there something uh, in, in the early childhood? Um, I had an incident when I was six years old. I had a boyfriend at the age of six. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very personal. So basically the age of six, I, um, right. I was kissing him passionately at the age of six mm-hmm. years old. Jesus. Uh, yeah, but but what happened traumatized me for years to come. So um Yeah, so basically not the kiss not the kissing. So we we kissed, but then there was another thing that happened that traumatized me, which was he won he asked to see my private parts. That's what he okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do it, but I felt yeah. pressurized that if I didn't do that, he wouldn't love me anymore. Ah, okay. And so yeah. I was kind of used to being blackmailed at a very early age in relationships. So mm, that was a okay. kind of an abusive relationship at the age of six. And I felt pressure to show him that. Right. And then he said, do you want to see mine? I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like, <laughs> or I think that's what I said. I either said it's fine or if you really want to, but you know, I wasn't bothered. I didn't want to do that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't, I didn't like it. And it really upset me that I allowed myself to 
do that because he pressurized me into doing it. And I saw a counsellor years later when I was about between the ages of 17 and 19 for various things in my life because mm-hmm. I used to suffer with depression. And she didn't understand what was wrong with that. She said, it's just doctors and nurses. Young people explore their, each other's bodies. Kids do that. It's natural. And to me, it was the most unnatural thing in the world. It was highly pressurized. I didn't like him touching me. I, I felt like I needed the love from him at the very early age. And it was horrible because I was lacking self-love back then. I'm not lacking self-love now, but back then... Right. Um, I've been in lots of abusive relationships, actually, but I've always that. But <clears throat> I've actually had uh, other sexual abuse at fifteen, but mm-hmm. I I had all my sexual relationships after that time, so it didn't put me off having sex. So I've mm-hmm. been in I've been in heterosexual relationships half of my life, and I didn't stop that till two thousand and eleven. But um, let me ask Sandra, um, when, when I, I, me too, I know it like that. It, it's like, uh, like kids explore themselves, right? In, oh, in sort of doctor's play, but uh, uh, not everything is everybody's fit, right? So uh, one uh, wants to explore it like this and the other one says, no, I'm not just, they're just not interested. And I think the background of everything um, and this is, of course, for our listeners, very relevant, is that, like you did, uh, did uh, lack self-love. That's what I just felt. And I lack self-love, but I've got that now. But I know I don't have to have self-love. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But uh, as, we, as we are afraid, you know, if, you don't, if we don't play any game, can be with the husband, with the partner, with your situation at six. So... We feel if we don't fit in this uh, surrounding there, in this play, and we say, no, stop, I don't want it. Yeah. No, no, because just I don't want it. Just no. Yeah. Frankly, no, but I'm not into that. And uh, but, but this is the thing we took on. We, we, we are afraid of, of, of saying a really friendly no, this is yeah. not for me. Because we are afraid to uh, to lose love, friendship, whatever, right? But this on the ground, on the core course, is because we lack self love. Correct. And this is the the the, the circle um, um, to be in in abusive relationships, also. Correct. Right. Because yeah. this is uh, I mean, for my uh, for my part, I always had. Um, um, the sort of uh, coming and going relationships, right? Because this is my trauma back in my early childhood at six when my dad left me. And of course he left my mom, but he left also me. And all my life until now at uh, 48, when uh, when I asked him, why did you leave me uh, at the age of three? And he said, yeah, because I I couldn't stand it with with your mother. Of course, I know. Uh, he couldn't um, uh, he couldn't manage that and I thought I would never get, get the uh, from from the law the um, the, uh, the legal right for you to be with me to live with me and that's why he left alone and he let me with this mother I didn't um, 
yeah, I don't want to say nothing wrong, but we don't have a relationship. Uh, also, she's my physical mama, mother, but um, yeah, there's no, uh, there's no feeling, no nothing, and um, uh, that's a real shame. I tried hard all my life because always I said, oh, it's, it's your mother, and you have to find a way. Yeah, but but there's no way. I realized that, and I stopped that because it's killing uh, myself. So yeah. um, it. it after all, it all goes back to a core root cause, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, with asexuality, nothing really makes you asexual. It's something you just are and don't realize it. But the society for so long has conditioned us to believe that you have to have sex in order to have a relationship, otherwise something's wrong with you, when there truly isn't. Right. So. That's why I do my um, asexualized my asexual life YouTube uh, live stream show to help other yeah. asexuals. I share my own asexual life journey in order to help them in theirs, so that they know they're not alone. They know they're not broken. There's nothing wrong with them. They're yeah. not crazy. There's no disease or illness. Yeah. It's just some people are naturally like that, and I truly believe it's my calling to get asexuality spread on a global scale, so that no asexual. Yeah. I, I admire that so much, Sandra. What you're doing there, I, I watched several episodes in uh, preparing for our oh, for our call here for our talk, and and you did so many in a row, right? Yeah, I do. Um, I've been Fantastic. live streaming every day since the first of July, apart from one day. W wonderful right and and i and i think uh with with doing that you're really um because uh, this is not such a common topic right yeah i think people having this uh this topic they they they, they, they yeah this problem i will not i wouldn't say it's a problem it's a it's a it's an issue that you have right and uh it's 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 needed that people um get to know if, if there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing uh, yeah, you know yeah it's just because of of society and whatever we we take off that we think ah this is totally strange because we just don't know it i didn't yeah. know it before yeah Exactly. So much now. Yeah, I mean, one percent of the population is meant to be asexual, so that's one in every hundred people. But most people are living in fear and not coming out because their parents expect yeah, it. Yeah, and they're scared. In some countries, mm -hmm. they might be physically hurt or abused. Yeah, for it. yeah I can, I can totally imagine that. Yeah. So I, tell me, how how does it work now? With uh, you, 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 you're getting into relationships, but you say up front. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to have the sexual part or how, how, how does it work? Well, with me, um, I tend to try not to date sexuals anymore. So as a mm -hmm. general rule, I'm on asexual dating sites, but I've been on oh, okay. asexual dating sites for over four years and still haven't found the right asexual guy for me. Um, I have had, like, I did have a date with a heterosexual guy last year. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was like I met him um, when I went out with my friend and um, we met up for a date. And I told him that I'm asexual, that I don't want sex. And he said he was okay with that. But he loved kissing. So although I'm asexual, I personally, which is very different from a lot of asexuals, I'm very kind of a minority within a minority within asexuality. I love passionate kissing. Like to me, kissing is like making love with a tongue. 
So right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in a guy below the waist. I don't need to see that. I'm naked repulsed. So a guy naked does not do anything for me. Mm-hmm. If a guy is dressed in a suit or street gear, like from a street dance movie, I'm usually really attracted to him. So oh, like really? a hoodie, like trainers, white t-shirt, black jeans, that type of thing. I particularly get attracted to foreign guys as well. And I live in the UK, mm-hmm. particularly Indian guys, which make it even harder because most of them want marriage most of them want kids most of them want sex um obviously if they're asexual they don't usually want the sex but they want the marriage and yeah. so i don't want to get married either i don't uh, i don't okay. want children, i don't want to get married so and i like living separately so i'm very very different but with this heterosexual date i had lots of passionate kissing with him and it's quite funny because it's not funny but it is he was a smoker and I didn't realize at the time until I met him on this date. And usually I've never been with a smoker in my life. I can't stand it because I don't smoke. And I'm very sensitive to stuff like that. And when I was on the night, we were kissing for like nearly four hours off and on. Non-stop. Oh my God. I love it. I'm, I'm a, a kissing addict nearly. So I love the kissing, but I'm not I interested. Do. I'm totally for kissing. So, so anyway, so we were going dancing and we were talking and kissing as we were walking and kissing when we we're in the the pub and kissing a little bit on the dance floor but off the dance floor and the DJs didn't realize I was asexual because they're like no sex in the back please and we're not having sex we're just kissing (laughs) really funny and then I I was brilliant I was kissing him in the car I went home um on my own um and um we said goodbye and then it it was just like after I came back, I started nearly being sick and I got really, really ill and got a chest infection for seven weeks because I got like nicotine poisoning from his nicotine in my oh. mouth. Kissing. And I'd had a chest infection like the month before and I just got rid of it about 10 days before and then it all came back, but worse. And I had it for about seven days. I was, I was live streaming on my channel, my asexualized channel still. So sometimes I could barely talk and I was coughing loads and it was awful. So it's quite funny in the sense that it came from the kissing, but it wasn't because it was horrible for me. So I can't yeah. be the smoker either. Uh. But to be honest, I have to have an asexual guy because I could trust him not to... Go yeah. and have an affair with anyone, with, whereas with a sexual guy, I couldn't. And to be honest, on the night, he was giving me all the, you know, like the charming rubbish about, oh, oh, I want you to come here, there and everywhere, like planning out our life together on the first date. And, um, but, but when I said, oh, right, you know, like you, we were, we were going to, he was trying to message me and phone me in between. I'm like, well, okay, you know, speak to me now. I guess, oh, no, I'm going to bed now. And it was like 9.30 at night. I thought, you've probably got another woman. That's what usually going to bed early at night, not wanting to talk to me means. And do you know what I mean? All, on the date, he was like all over me. In between, he didn't really want to talk to me. It was kind of like a mate, like, oh, hi, uh-huh. how are you? And I knew then that you've got to value your own worth more than uh-huh. the moment with that person and realise this person isn't for you. And yeah. also, I called his bluff because I said, okay, you talk about us going to Cornwall and, and to Plymouth and Bristol, which are, you know, which are places in the UK. You talk about all this future life together. And his sister lives in Exeter, but he was he was had his own businesses in another country. So he was only meant to be over here for six months so I was asking what's going to happen after the six months but I used uh, like my sister lives over here my car's staying over here but then I said okay then you must introduce me to your sister and he goes oh no my if uh, I introduce you to my sister she can't no, know who, something she can't wrong, know who you are exactly because she said my mum wants no, me no. to marry a foreign girl stop so it, stop it, stop it. you're gonna hurt yourself 
But no, I just wanted to share that with your listeners so they can see how it's more important to self-love and walk away. So I sent him a message saying, you know, you're not for me. I need a strong guy who's, who's going to be there for me yeah. in my life, who really cares about me and loves me, not how you say you love me on the night and all the rest of it. And I walked away and left it. So I have right. to say that's a huge change for me from how I was years ago, accepting lots of things that a guy would yeah. say to me as, as just read and gospel, you know, when a guy charmed me, I would be like going along with it because I'm a hyper romantic. Mm. So I get really romantic in gross. Because I would be mm. lacking the self-love, but now I love myself. I know right. I can get someone better or I can be happier being single. Then I can let that person go. And I just wanted to share right. that with the listener. Yeah. Or I've come in my journey and being asexual. I've got lots of asexual guy friends now that are like role models. So they're better yeah. guys in my life. So I know now when a bad guy shows up but this is a bad guy because I've got really good guy asexual friend role models in my life yeah. and that's been but, amazing but, but you know Sandra that's so important and and uh, to share this with the listeners also you know we we learn your lesson we learn our lessons everybody of us uh, along the way on our life journey and uh, of course everybody has different lessons but uh, um I I do I do believe um, every lesson or every person, uh, everything that happens, does be there for a reason, right? Exactly. And we can uh, we can uh, we can take uh, um, some knowledge. We can uh, we can yeah, it's usable for us. Maybe we don't realize it in the moment, right? Yeah. But I I realized it. Except in the moment when I when I would try to get familiar with the sexual life because I didn't yeah. know what it what what it will be about. But um, we we can learn from these things. Uh, but I, what what I think, uh, and you just pointed this out, what I think is is so important is to make ourselves priority first, right? Yeah. Every other thing is is not healthy. Right, because I used to be the woman doing everything, helping, helping everything, doing everything uh-huh. for the kids, for for the husband, for everything, you know. But at the end of the day, I was there for everybody and my two companies also, but yeah. not for me. Yeah. So we are we are running low. If yes. there's uh, empty glass, what 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 do you wanna give? Exactly. You know? wanna- and that's the the. Yeah, but sometimes it, ha- it it happens like yeah, it's 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 getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Not everybody's having these drastic uh, health challenges like like I had, but we need to realize it. We need to wake up. We need to yeah. become present and become conscious about it. And the the only thing is um, that helps really. I, I I studied this my life long is to make yourself and self-love priority, right? And if the other one doesn't cope with it, fine. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's how, the, how it works. Because any other thing is corrupting the soul. And if you're corrupting your own soul, um, which I think I have a big part in, in, in my uh, freestyle your life system, because I think, 99% is self-sabotaging us, right? Because we, we accept things that are going on, 
rather than telling no. Mm-hmm. We can't say no. Yes. You know, because the, 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 the cost we are going to, to pay if we don't say no is much higher than upfront saying no, thanks, you're a nice guy, but I'm not interested in any yeah. sexual I, uh, um, partnership here. Yeah, I do that a lot. Open up front and, and, and share your message. If, if this is not for you, it's totally okay. If it's okay for him, it might be this sort of relationship. And if he says, no, this is not the kind of woman I want, I want to have sex uh, 10 times a day, as, uh, as I can remember a guy. Um, the, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, that he has to find uh, a woman who does like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are plenty of, of them outside. Yeah. I mean, it makes it very hard for asexuals to find someone who will love them without sex. You know, apart from another asexual, there's not many sexuals that will go happily without sex. So it makes a lot of asexuals very lonely, very isolated. And the reason, one of the major reasons as well why I do what I'm doing is because some asexuals try to kill themselves over it, over being asexual because they don't want to be asexual. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, it's, it's very important. I try and stop that. I mean, I, I applied to be a TEDx speaker Mm -hmm. and I was about asexuality and I went to the, to the talk, I went to the auditions and Mm -hmm. everything. I didn't actually get through, but I wanted to share a story with you briefly is the fact that when I came out of the TEDx auditions and I was speaking to this guy who was also there and I was telling him what I was there for what my talk was about and he said oh you know he said oh that's great what I do basically and he said oh I knew a guy like that and I said great give him my business card you know get him to contact me you know my guys business card because that's my brand for asexuality and you know and then I can you know talk to him he said I can't he's dead and he said but if he'd have known I said, so basically, if he'd have known about asexuality, would he still be alive now? He said, yes, probably, because people thought he was gay when he wasn't. And yeah. he, he was misunderstood, so he killed himself. But had he known about asexuality back then... Oh, man, this could have saved his life. Yes. Exactly. So that is why I do. I, I want to spread. I literally, I want to change the world to know, not everyone. I don't want to make everyone asexual, but I want to change the world so everyone knows about asexuality. So yeah. people don't have to be in fear. People don't have to think, well, I need to die or to kill myself or I've got a disease or I'm mm-hmm. sick or I'm ill or, you know, you know, basically, um, you know, told off by society. You can't be this, that and the other, that something's wrong with you. And there's nothing wrong with people that are asexual. I know it's the most natural thing in the world for me. And I know that I've got a loud voice and that I can speak for asexuals. I know that I'm not afraid to say what I think and be who I am. But I, and that's why I really need to change the light the world globally in, in the fact of getting sexual you know, asexuality recognizes the sexual orientations out of the grove. So people take it seriously and realize, you know, when yeah. they're talking to different people they meet, you know, and talking about their sexuality, that, you know, asexuality comes into it. I'd like a society mm-hmm. in the future where we asexuals and sexuals can live happily in harmony with each other, respecting each other, and yeah. not, not all sexual people 
obviously some sexual people are very open-minded that it's really good but you still get the sexuals that come along going oh there's something wrong with you I think you're abused or I think you've had trauma I think there's I think you're really Mm. sexual and you're just and I don't want that for them you know I don't want them to live in fear or upset or pain or or feel like they have no 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 but but, but you know what uh, Sandra I believe it's so crucial and so necessary that uh, it has people like you and uh, and me and um, all the other uh, plenty of the other cultures and and transformational people out there who who who, uh, who overcome their fear, right? Uh, who get visible, who share their message and whatever they found out in, in the particular field and who, who yeah, who are going to help and uh, inspire others, right? To yeah. Up. Yes. And be yeah. just what you, what you, exactly. what you are yourself. And sometimes yeah. it's, uh, most of the time, it's, it's even to find out Right. Yeah. In my struggle of everything that I had to do, I lost myself completely in in all this. Yeah, I, I was complete. I, I I was was everywhere and uh, everything, but not myself. I lost myself completely. So I I got the illness to have time to think all things over and to to find to my self love and to find back to to myself and then. That's why I'm on the authentic part. I, yeah. I, I want to bring this in the world because I think it's so important that we live what we are. Yeah, exactly. Not yeah. all the layers around yeah. and uh, then we do what we took off, but yeah. keep in the heart what we are. And um, like, like, like you are authentic with being asexual, right? Yeah, can inspire others in this field. And um, I, I, I had the lesson in my darkest night to um, to inspire the people who want to um, live on own terms, who want to be free and and authentic, but who are afraid to show up like that, right? Because yeah. other people might not uh, love you, other people might judge you, and all yeah. these things. Yeah, fuck the judge you, right? <laughs> There will always be somebody who is not in a, a, a who doesn't like it. Yeah, exactly. That's right? people. We have to find ourselves. We have to find what our core value is, what we stand for, and um, like like you found out, this is your t- topic, right? And uh, so mine is the authentic authenticity. And, and, and then we need to go for it because we can lead and inspire and motivate others to go for their core values also, right? Yeah. Yeah, I want that's to, why it's so important. Yeah, I wanted to share something else with you. Though. So before, before I found out I was asexual in 2014, in 2012, my life completely changed as a person because I used to suffer with depression for a long, long time. Mm, I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I was always uh, like, I had some suicidal thoughts and thought about death. I wasn't, I wasn't um, a manic depressant. 
So yeah. I've had a I've had a person in my family who was my auntie who was a manic person and she actually killed mm-hmm. herself in the end, which oh. yeah, is you know, it it was really hard. I still feel for her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so you know, I, I wasn't a manic depressant, but I did have suicidal thoughts. I was very as a child, I was uh, there was some good times as a child, but a lot of the time I was crying in the toilet on my own and feeling like I wasn't understood and I've always known I was very different. And growing up, like I had like abusive relationships as well when I left home and stuff. So it's really quite difficult for me. But I was I was depressed quite a lot. In 2009, I was made redundant and realized I was born to write. So I got that joy in my life, but I still wasn't happy in myself. You know, I still thought, what's my purpose? Uh, mm-hmm. I knew my purpose was to write, but I thought, what, what, what's my skills? What's, you know, what am I about? Why would anyone care? And so um, in 2012, I, I was diagnosed with a condition called fibromyalgia. Now, yeah, it, we share that. I yeah, have that too, it, with all 80 yeah, points. It took, like, it took like two years for them to find out what was wrong with me. They misdiagnosed mm-hmm. me. And then eventually I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia in, in January 2012. But it took me six months to come to terms with the fact I've got a disability for life. And then yeah. one day, all of a sudden, it was, it was sort of around July time, 2012, it just, I kept reading about people with fibro, people on crutches in wheelchairs, bedridden, and, and all of a sudden, I just changed just like that in an instance and realized I could not have the mindset I had all those years, the depressive thoughts, the not liking life, the hating myself, the hating my life. Right. And I just changed just like that because I knew that if I didn't in that moment, that I would become uh, wheelchair bound or on crutches mm-hmm. I would be having no energy I would be like a lot of other yeah. fibro sufferers and I knew that I never ever wanted to be like that and if I was yeah. going to become that I wanted to live my life fully before I got to that stage because sometimes That's fibro it. can get worse I so, was at that stage exactly that's why we have so much in in yeah. common you know we we uh yeah we have a uh we share uh, uh, like this fibro uh, um, illness too. And But tell me about the fibro box coming up. Yeah, so basically what I did is in t- when, I, when I realized after six months I come to terms with it and I stopped doing all that, I then did developed my embracial quirky philosophy, which is all about being your true authentic self, no matter what you anyone right. else says, thinks or does. And now I live like a teenager. So I live, I've got the mindset of a 21 year old. I live like a teenager. Like if you saw my room, I've got all cuddly toys around my room. I got sparkly things, colored boxes. I go out to theme parks, zoos and aquariums. I do everything a teenager would do. If I had a relationship, it would be a teenager style relationship. I like younger guys, like in their early twenties. I'm like an asexual younger cougar. And uh, which is very unusual. And um, I really live my life. I don't. I don't like washing up. I hate washing up. I hate housework. So I don't iron my bed sheets anymore. I hardly ever iron clothes. I get paper plates for my washing up. So I just stick the plate in the bin and I live my life on my own terms. Like totally. Yeah, that's completely great, Sandra. Yeah. I love it. The, the the mindset of a of a twenty year old. I me for me this is uh, this is exactly what I'm. Uh, um experiencing also i have these uh, i have the son not be 19 and 20 and, uh, and all the, uh, the 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 friends all uh, I, uh, yeah all the time my house is crowded with with uh, 
with uh, uh, guys and girls on this age, right? But I'm, I'm sometimes I think I'm over 50, but I still have the mindset of of the 20s. But it could be worse, Sandra, right? I this love being great. I love being 21. So I had a 20, Me too. I had a 21st mindset birthday last year in Disneyland, not last year, the year before in Disneyland Paris. So I went to Disneyland Paris. I had a 21st birthday badge, which I've still got. This is so I got 21st mug. Everything's like I and I lit like this year I'm choosing to be 21 again. So I don't Me care too. About my I go for it too. And Me so too. um and I do yeah, attract, yeah, I do attract younger guys. Unfortunately, it's more of the sexual guys I attract all the time than the asexual ones. I, you know, so even though I'm asexual, I attract the highly sexual guys usually. But yeah, getting back to about fibro, like I'm so different to other people with fibro because I've got tons of energy. I'm, I'm doing, I go clubbing sometimes. So I'm dancing till two or yeah. three in the morning. And like guys, if they're younger and they're like, they're, you know, one guy I was dancing with, he was an Indian guy actually, and he was like worn out. He was like, oh, oh I said, oh, do you want me to come outside and get some fresh air with you? He's like, oh yeah, okay. And he's worn out and I'm there dancing away, jumping up and down. Yeah. <laughs> and so I live a very teenager life on my own terms. And I that's do so, that's so great. So, we, we keep on doing this. Yeah. Because right? so, I have to hurry a little bit to have the next, yes. uh, next interview coming okay, on. But so, uh, I... I, I, I just love it, the authentic way uh, you found uh, definitely your issue on your, and, and, and your topic. And uh, it's wonderful how you're inspiring the people. Of course, we will, uh, we will uh, mention the book and everything yeah, in the notes yeah. uh, below the video so the people can look it up yeah, and uh, put yeah. it your channel and everything. But uh, it's... It, yeah, it was so fantastic you've been here with me and we shared that. And uh, yeah. normally I tend to ask some questions, but we are completely <laughs> in, in the talk and in the story. And uh, uh, most of them, uh, uh, you just, uh, yeah, answer them by, by, by telling your story. So uh, thanks so much That's for this so wonderful funny. interview, uh, Sandra. For the learning I could take myself yeah. uh, um, to learn new things on this topic. Well, here. I just I just wanted to say that my book is to teach people who have got fibromyalgia how to have less pain, more energy, and feel happier. That's what my book is going to be about. So yeah. already, I have already written most of the book. I've just yeah. got to put the final touches. But the book is going to be called How to Manage Fibromyalgia Like a Superhero Rock Star. Oh, so great. <laughs> I love it. Be the first to read it because I, I got better with my problem there, but it's uh, yeah, as the doctors say, there is no solution and no healing really to it, right? It has to come from the inside out, as everything I believe. And um, the, that's that was my uh, healing after I had 18 operations and uh, didn't really succeed with it, right? Uh, until I, I I made the healing from inside out, and that's why I'm uh, where I'm today. As you are in this situation today with the book, with the with the academy, with all the incredible things and learnings you give there, because it was your journey, right? Yeah. So I so much appreciate it. Thanks so much uh, for being here, and uh, we will mention all this. Uh, 
all these um, topics in uh, below the video. Oh yeah, asexualizing um, in my book and stuff. Yeah, I will definitely read it. I will be the first, the first uh, to read it. And um, we keep up because, uh, as I told you, I'm just writing my own book coming out at the end of the year. And uh, you have the quirky books there. Yeah, so asexual, asexual perspectives, 47 asexual stories, love, life, yeah. and sex, a celebration of asexual diversity. That's I, will, I will mention them because the listeners yeah. might be on the run in the gym or in the car. They, they, uh, yeah. they, they can't uh, remember everything what we are talking, but uh, I will, uh, I will uh, mention it for them so they can, can look it up. All yeah. right. It's been great. Uh, Thanks a lot again Thank for you. being here, Sandra, and um, have a great day. Yeah, you too. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you for having Thank me on your you. show. It's lovely, you, you. lovely to hear your story as well. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hello, Fly Nation. I hope this interview with Sandra about her asexual journey and how to deal with being different in order to live authentically inspired you to, no matter what, become authentically you. Feel free to join Sandra in her communities and enjoy being quirky. Please listen in, subscribe, rate and review the Freestyle Your Life podcast on iTunes and get into the lottery pot to be able to win the amazing prizes the experts have thrown in for you. Stay tuned for the next interview with Katja Rosanen. Remember Fly Nation, break free and fly. Talk to you on Thursday. Bye.